the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God. is his command to believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and to love one another as he commanded us. 1 John 3:23. God promises to keep me safe.
Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Members of my court, I, uh, I, I'm going to humble myself. I admit that the beginning of my reign was wicked and evil. I forsook God. I hope that I have profited by that sad experience. Fortified cities, a large, well-trained army, such things are not the secret of a successful reign. Rather, it is in recognizing God as the supreme ruler. Henceforth, I shall rule Judah in the fear of the Lord. Uh, just a minute, please. Just a minute, please. I have just one more thing to say. Jeroboam, king of the ten tribes to the north, has established shrines of golden calves at which his people worship. We know that worshippers of the true God will still come here to Jerusalem to worship. Many of the tribe of Levi, designated by Moses as the priests of Israel, have refused to officiate at Jeroboam's shrines. Consequently, they are flocking here to Jerusalem by the hundreds. By continuing to do the will of God and by worshipping him, we will show these people from the north that we are the true Israel and soon all twelve tribes will again be united into one strong nation. For three years Judah prospered and was blessed. Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, was strong. For three years he and his people walked in the ways of David and Solomon. Rehoboam, my husband and king, lovest thou me? What a question to ask. Of course I love you. You're my wife. But how much do you love me? I loved you enough to marry you. I still do, in fact. How can I be sure you didn't marry me just to make an alliance of blood with my father? You want me to prove my love? Will you? What is it you want? I'm a long way from home, my lord. I'm lonesome for some of the things I've had since childhood. Such as? Such as, I miss the gods of my father. For my sake, if you love me, erect a high place to my god that I may worship at his shrine. Please. Well, I can't force you to give up your god and worship mine, so I, uh... Oh, all right. Your high place will be erected. Ah, thank you, my darling husband. Lieutenant, call all my sons together, will you? I have a plan that I wish to put into action. At once, Your Majesty. Uh, My sons, I have called you together today to discuss my plan for strengthening the kingdoms. Abijah, my son, you will be chief. Chief of what, father? Address me as your majesty when we're discussing political and military matters. Yes, your majesty. I want to build strong, fortified cities throughout all of Judah and Benjamin. I want to make my name feared and respected by all nations. Have you decided which cities you want to fortify for, your majesty? Uh, That is one of the things I want us as a group to discuss. Now, there are 28 of you. If Abijah acts as chief and overseer, that leaves 27. And I want each one to be responsible for the fortification of one city. 
Maybe later, if uh, if all goes well, we can branch out and each be responsible for two cities. Oh, excellent, excellent. Now, now, what do you think of this? Oh no. Majesty, Abijah wishes an audience with you. Uh, to report on the fortification project, I presume? Yes, I send him in. Your Majesty, I think you'll be very pleased with our success in fortifying the cities throughout all of Judah. Your name is becoming known even unto Egypt. Here on this map, I've marked which ones have been completed and which ones we may wish to include in the next step. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Oh, good. Very good. Uh, now this... Well, now, I am quite pleased with my success. I have dispersed my children as military chiefs throughout Judah and Benjamin, and I can see I have a secure kingdom. Oh, I'm a pretty wise king, if I do say so myself. Maybe I should build a temple to the sun that my wife Maholoth has been begging for. Little by little, Rehoboam gave way to inherited weaknesses. He failed to give God credit for his success, and finally threw his influence wholly on the side of idolatry. He forsook the law of God, and all Israel followed him. In the fifth year of the reign of Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, gathered together a huge army and marched against Judah. Yeah, we haven't a chance against them, Your Majesty. Well, surely they can't take our fortified cities. They've already taken them, Your Majesty, easily, and even now approach Jerusalem. Oh, well, what am I to do? Well, Your Majesty, in the antechamber await the elders of the tribes to see you, and with them is Shemaiah the prophet. Well, show them in, show them in. His Majesty the king grants an audience. You may approach the throne. Lord, 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 uh, tell me, and quickly, what the Lord hath to say about this invasion by the Egyptian king. Uh, can he be stopped? Thus saith the Lord to you, Rehoboam, Ye have forsaken me, and therefore have I permitted the king of Egypt, even Shishak, to invade your land and do unto thee what seemeth good to him. Because I forsook God and worshipped idols? Because of your many sins. Oh. I have sinned, and the Lord God of Israel is holy and righteous. His will be done. The king and the princes of Judah humbled themselves before God, and the people prayed and forsook their evil ways. Then came the word of God again to Rehoboam through Shemaiah the prophet. O king, the word of God came again unto me, saying... Because the people of Judah have humbled themselves, therefore I will not destroy them, but will grant a measure of deliverance. Nevertheless, they shall be Shishak's servants, so they may know that if my commandments are not obeyed, the penalties of disobedience are sure. Then God will not stop Shishak from invading Jerusalem? No, Your Majesty. You forsook God. You led the people to forsake God. Israel must pay the penalty for her evil ways. Sometimes God delays the penalty for sin, but sooner or later the penalty must be paid. Oh, 
A few short years ago, my father Solomon built that temple and placed the holy vessels therein. I cannot bear to look at what is happening now. The Egyptians are ransacking the temple, carrying away the gold and silver and precious stones. All of this the result of my disobedience to God's just and holy laws. continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
sweetie. How was your day? I survived. Gotta be in English. And I learned something about prayer. What? That prayer makes you feel less lonely. How's it do that? Well, I have a friend, Ellie. She doesn't believe in God. Her dad says God is a made-up being that people pray to when they're scared. Wow. And she says that anyone who prays to God is just being foolish. So what's that got to do with loneliness? I asked her what she does when she's scared or having a problem. She said, I take care of it myself. I'm the boss of me. I can do whatever I want. Sounds like a determined young lady. Yeah, but who wants to be the boss of themselves? I mean, I make mistakes. I'm human. Would I really want to follow me through life, depending on me to figure everything out? I know me. I'm dumb. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. I think you're a pretty smart kid. Well, let's just say I'm smart enough not to put me in charge of me. I want someone who knows more than I do, helping me make decisions and showing me what to do. Trusting in me for everything would be kind of lonely. Now I get it. A life without God would be a lonely life, right? Yeah. Now, when I have a problem, I can pray to my friend Jesus. Get it? Got it. So if someone feels lonely, they can pray and God will be right there, ready to be a friend. Then, hello friend, goodbye loneliness. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Ms. Kathy, I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do you ever feel left out like your friends want to be with someone else instead of you? What if you really needed those friends to help you solve a mystery? Chris and Maria discover an old safe in their grandparents' basement, but no one knows the combination. Who gave the money to build the cross above Mill Valley? Chris and Maria think the answer is inside the old safe. As they follow the clues, Chris learns some important lessons about friendship and jealousy and about being a Christian. Chapter 1. Secret in the Basement Chris tiptoed down the steps to his grandma's basement. He glanced back several times to make sure he wasn't being followed and to make sure no one was peeking through the crack by the door to see where he was going. At the bottom of the stairs, Chris checked out the area underneath the steps. It was dark under there all right, but that was the first place they would look. He had to find a really good place to hide, a place where no one would ever find him. I'm glad only one of the lights works, he thought. The long shadows will help hide me. As he looked around the rest of the basement, Chris shook his head. There's so much stuff here. A bed frame and mattresses were leaning up against a far wall. He thought about crawling behind the box springs to hide. There are too many cobwebs, he decided with a shiver, and that means spiders. Chris glanced at his watch. He was running out of time. He stepped behind old bike parts, folding chairs, and exercise equipment. An old console television sat in a far, dark corner of the basement. Maybe I could hide behind that, Chris thought. At his next step, a cobweb wrapped across his face. Ew, Chris said, brushing it off his face. Pooh, phooey. 
The sticky web kept hanging on as he shook his hand. That's disgusting, he whispered to himself. Suddenly, the door at the top of the stairs creaked open. Chris slipped quietly in behind the television and held his breath. He heard footsteps coming down the stairs. Then they stopped. Chris? Where are you, Chris? Shh, Yo-Yo, Maria whispered. We want Chris to think he's fooled us. Then he might give away his hiding place. Okay. Chris heard Yo-Yo's whisper and smiled to himself. Maria and Yo-Yo would never think to look for him so far back in the basement. The shadows were a little scary, but it was worth it if Maria and Yo-Yo gave up looking for him. Then he would win their game of hide-and-seek. Something tickled Chris's arm. Whatever it was started moving. It moved really fast, then stopped. Chris felt a chill climb up his spine and go right into his hair, making it stand on end. Ah! he cried, jumping out of his hiding place. I hate spiders! Yo-Yo screamed and hugged Maria with both arms. Chris jumped around in circles, swinging his arms wildly to brush himself off. He looked as if he were doing some sort of Indian war dance. Maria patted Yo-Yo's head. Then she folded her arms. Chris, you should know better than to scare Yo-Yo, she criticized. When Chris finally stopped dancing around, he frowned at Maria. I wasn't trying to scare you or Yo-Yo. I thought I had a spider on me. I was trying to get it off. He knelt down beside Yo-Yo. I'm sorry if I scared you, Yo-Yo, he apologized. Okay, Chris, I'm glad it was you. Yo-Yo gave Chris a big hug. Suddenly, her eyes got big and round. What's that, Quiz? she asked, pointing at something that looked like a big metal box partially covered by a blanket. The blanket had been covering the box until Chris had knocked it off with his spider dance. Chris turned around. I don't know, Yo-Yo. Let's look. Maria folded the blanket off the metal box. It sure is big, she said. What is it for? Chris knelt down. He tried to nudge the box, but it wouldn't budge. Wow, it's heavy, too. Maria uncovered it all the way. Look, there's a dial on the back, Chris. Chris checked it out. That's the front, Maria, he said. Grinning, he looked from Maria to Yo-Yo. This is an old, old safe. I wonder whose it is. Probably Grandma and Grandpa's, Maria said. Let's go ask, Chris suggested, heading for the chairs. Maria ran over and got in front of him. Wait a second, brother. Come here, Yo-Yo, she called. Yo-Yo came over and stood beside her sister. She stood at attention with her hand in Maria's. You can't go back upstairs until you say we won the game, Maria told Chris. Right, Yo-Yo? Why? Yo-Yo agreed. Okay, you two win the game this time, Chris agreed. Now let's go up and ask about the safe. Chris, Maria, and Yo-Yo all burst into the kitchen where Grandma was putting supper on the table. Good, Grandma said. Now I won't have to go call you to come and eat. You're already here. Chris glanced at the vegetable soup and crackers and sandwiches. They looked really good, but suddenly he wasn't hungry anymore. He started to ask about the safe. Grandma? Will you get some glasses out of the cupboard, Chris? Grandma interrupted. Yo-Yo, we need the milk out of the refrigerator, please. Yo-Yo skipped over and got the milk while Chris reached for the glasses. He almost got five. Then he remembered Grandpa would be gone for the evening because he was visiting a sick friend in the hospital. This is great, Maria said as she sat down at the table. I'm glad we get to stay over here when Mom and Dad go out on dates. Yo-Yo pulled herself up into her chair. Me too. Chris set the glasses down and poured Yo-Yo some milk. He handed the milk to Maria and she poured her own. Chris started to ask about the safe again. Grandma? Let's bow our heads for a blessing on the food, Grandma said. Grandma asked the blessing. When everyone's eyes opened, Maria started talking. Grandma, what's that old safe down the basement used for? Grandma's face went blank for a moment. What old? She started to ask. 
but then her eyes lighted up when she remembered. I'd almost forgotten that was down there. You must mean my father's old safe, your great-grandpa's. Is that whose it is? Chris asked. It must be real old. Is that whose it is? Chris asked. It must be real old. Grandma nodded. When your great-grandpa died, we brought it over here and stored it in the basement. It took several men to get it down those stairs. I don't know how we'll ever move it again. Do you store valuable stuff in there? Maria asked. Grandma smiled. No, honey. Grandpa and I don't store anything in that old safe. We don't know the combination, and it would cost a lot of money to have a locksmith open it. Your great-grandpa didn't leave anything valuable in that safe anyway. How do you know? Chris asked. He watched Grandma take a bite of bread. Well, Chris, I guess I don't know for sure that there's nothing in there, but before your great-grandpa died, he kept his important papers and possessions in a safe deposit box down at the bank. Chris barely touched his soup. He was too excited. Already his mind was leaping ahead, imagining what might be hidden in that old safe. Maybe great-grandpa wrote down the combination somewhere, he said. Somewhere where we can find it. heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book four the missing combination mystery written by eric stoffel edited and created by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.